0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, December 22nd. For nearly a century, Colorado's North Fork Valley relied on coal for high-paying jobs and a thriving economy. But as the mines close their doors, they leave behind a troubling legacy, leaking methane, Methane is a greenhouse gas that is about 80 times more potent than carbon dioxide, and global leaders are taking it seriously. In November, over 100 countries pledged to cut methane emissions 30% by 2030. One entrepreneur in the North Fork Valley is a step ahead, using his business to address methane emissions while also tackling other environmental problems. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio's series on fossil fuel transition— Stephanie Malterich reports. Eric Edwards maneuvers his machine through
1: sandy sediment in the mudflats on Paonia Reservoir. He was hired by Delta Brick and Climate Company to collect 40 cubic yards, about four dump truckloads of sediment from the reservoir.
2: this, This, you got another six inches that you know is good because... We didn't take from this area last time. In 2017,
1: Chris Kasky founded Delta Brick and Climate Company, which manufactures tile and brick. The company also operates with a mission to find solutions to environmental problems in the North Fork Valley while creating jobs in a transitioning economy. The first problem Delta Brick tackled was the excess sediment in Paonia Reservoir. The sediment creates a high-quality clay they now use to make tile and brick.
2: All of the water that is stored is committed to go to farms downstream from here in the Paonia Hotchkiss area. So this mud and sediment that has filled in has made about a third of that storage capacity go away. And so their irrigation season has shortened.
1: Then, Kaski brainstormed solutions to manage the methane that leaks from abandoned coal mines in the area. A 2016 study by Colorado's Energy Office found that nearly 20 abandoned coal mines in and around the North Fork Valley have the highest potential for methane capture than any other former mines in the state.
2: So the coal mines are leaky. They leak all over the mountainside, primarily from old mine shafts and portals, but also from cracks in the geology. We would like to start using the sediment in the reservoir to seal off these leaks.
1: After a couple of years of research and conversations with stakeholder groups, Kasky, who is also a chemist, has found a way to address both problems with one solution. He wants to seal the leaking mines with plugs manufactured with sediment.
2: And that'll make our methane capture systems more efficient, keep more methane out of the atmosphere.
1: And essentially eliminate methane leaking from the mines, keeping in line with new global standards. A few days after it was collected, a dump truck full of sediment arrives at Delta Bricks factory, located in a large, airy warehouse near downtown Montrose. Two employees manage the factory's day-to-day operations from mixing clay, firing kilns, and glazing tile. Evan Barrett is the production manager, and he appreciates working for a company with a business model focused on solutions.
3: It's a creative idea just in the way it is, Um, really trying to make the maximum amount of impact from all different angles, you know, not just the watershed issues and water storage, but also the methane, but also creating jobs in coal communities.
1: Delta Brick has seen a steady growth in brick and tile sales over the past year, but Kasky says grants from various state agencies have been essential to keeping the business running. He commends Colorado's leadership in supporting communities in transition.
2: Colorado has been great, and it's the first in the nation to have actual resources and, and humans thinking about how to make this transition good for other people and good for communities.
1: Wade Buchanan, the director of the Office of Just Transition, created in the state in 2019, says he is inspired by creative solutions like Delta Brick because it's important for individuals and communities to decide what they want to do moving forward.
2: If we came into a situation and said, "Okay, you guys are mine workers who are being displaced. Here are three kinds of jobs you can have, and we're going to work with you on those three kinds of jobs. It would have limited their future. It would have limited the community's future.
1: Kasky agrees it's not about telling people what to do. It's about an appropriate response.
2: You know the correct relationship to this reservoir is to try to get the mud out that comes in and the correct relationship with these abandoned coal mines is not to totally abandon them but to Uh, capture that methane and keep it out of the atmosphere. And the correct relationship to the coal communities is not to leave the people behind, but to bring them along in a just transition.
1: Kasky says Delta Brick's next step is to move the factory to an abandoned coal mine in Somerset, where they will use captured methane to power brick and tile operations. Reporting for KVNF and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Stephanie Maltrich.
0: This story is part of a new Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on the transition away from fossil fuels. More and more people headed into the backcountry this year, and many rescue groups have seen an increase in calls. That puts pressure on volunteers who help respond to emergencies. The Mountain West News Bureau's Madeline Beck reports. About 30
4: volunteers gathered on a recent weekend at a snowy turnoff on Highway 21 in western Idaho.
2: We have four overdue subjects. Not entirely sure at the moment uh, how long they've been overdue, but we will be finding that out from our uh, law enforcement representative as soon as we get our mission briefing here on site.
4: I'm with Scotty Perkins, a public information officer and volunteer with Idaho Mountain Search and Rescue. We're here for a training exercise. The scenario, four snowshoers didn't come back when they were supposed to. So volunteers split into teams, check their avalanche beacons. do right, you have them? And ski or snowshoe into the woods. In just a few hours, groups start locating missing snowshoers.
3: We're on scene with a patient adult male name of Hunter, age 25. Chief complaint is he is tired.
4: Some snowshoers, like Hunter, are okay. Others aren't.
2: Um, as part of our mission, we have some code words associated with the uh, encountering of a deceased subject. And that's what we just heard.
4: Trainings like this help rescue teams sharpen their skills. And that's important in a year when more people went into the woods as a reprieve from the pandemic. Perkins says his group had 37 calls as of December 20th, up from 29 last year. Some incidents triggered several calls. Part of the increase also came from the weather. Cold snaps or hot days. A group of mountain bikers needed help when temperatures rose faster and higher than they expected.
2: This happened to many of us. And um, one of the members of that uh, four-person mountain bike team just found herself in a heat emergency.
4: Not every rescue team had more calls this year. One in New Mexico even had fewer calls, possibly thanks to local responders taking on more themselves. But Plenty did see an increase, due in part to a bad avalanche season early in the year. That's according to the Mountain Rescue Association, which works with volunteer teams across the country. Doug McCall, the association's president, says more people are also seeking out training that helps keep them out of harm's way.
3: We saw a huge rise in uh, the number of people registering in our education-based camp, either because they were looking for online training or you know they were looking to get trained before they went into the backcountry.
4: Teton County Search and Rescue in Wyoming had more than 100 calls in 2021 compared to 80 the year before. But the number of recreators actually grew faster than the calls, says volunteer Cody Lockhart.
3: There's a lot more people using the backcountry and It's not proportionally translated into more rescues.
4: Lockhart says there are several possible reasons. Novices don't take as many risks, cell service is better than ever, and so many people are out there.
3: If someone hurts their knee, they're going to find someone else to help help them get out. Or they're not going to get lost or be as likely to get lost because there's just people all over.
4: Lockhart says mental health was a major issue this year, though. Depression, anxiety, and addiction skyrocketed during the pandemic and made their way into the backcountry.
3: That was defining for us this summer, as being part of these, these big rescues or searches for people that were despondent or struggling.
4: Lockhart says the team went on a handful of high-profile search operations in 2021, but that's far more than normal. It included helping find Gabby Petito and working to find the remains of men like Jared Hembry and Bob Lowry.
3: What we've trained or practiced doing is looking for people, you know, that wanted to be found. All three of these were essentially bodies in the woods that were not looking to be found.
4: Lockhart says it's rewarding to bring back remains to someone's family, but it's challenging for the volunteers too. So they're trying to serve the team's mental health needs by checking in regularly and providing access to counselors. Still, he acknowledges there's no easy fix when the team is volunteering for backcountry rescues.
3: You know, they see some of the worst parts of humanity here and it's just part of the job, I guess. But it's uh been new. It's been new for us this year, or at least at this level.
4: If you or anyone you know is struggling, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. For the Mountain West
0: News Bureau, I'm Madeline Beck. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, December 22nd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.